Coming up, we're going to get the perspective of traveling to Universal Orlando right now, but not from a local's perspective. That's right. We are getting the perspective of someone who's not living in Florida traveling out of state to get to Universal. So we have that coming up from my house in Orlando, Florida. This is the Universal Edition of the Dis Unplugged. This is episode 265 of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. The Dis Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams, and today I'm joined by a very, very special guest, Dreams Unlimited travel agent, Elaine Edwards. Elaine, hey. welcome. Hey, friends. It's your, it's your first time on this show. So First time on Universal Show. Yeah, uh, most of you out there might know Elaine. I think she made her debut on our DCL show. And since then, she's been on, I think, was it One Dreams Unlimited Travel show? I've done One Dream show and a couple Tuesday shows. Yeah, so hopefully you already know Elaine from her appearances on the other shows that we have. But I know a lot of people out there who watch the Universal show might uh, might only watch the Universal show as well, too. So, Elaine, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Yes. So, as Craig said, I am an agent with Dreams Unlimited Travel. And one of the things I specialize in is universal vacations um and i have gone to universal since the 90s and the days of the murder she wrote show and jazz and the nickelodeon studios that kind of thing um so i i got to see all the oldies but goodies before they now now gone and I am now traveling to Universal with my three sons. They are 18, 12, and 8 years old. Excellent. And the reason why we are having Elaine on this show, not just because she's awesome and knows a ton about Universal and is just a, a very helpful asset like many of the other agents at Dreams Unlimited Travel, but it's because Elaine actually made the trek to Universal Orlando, not, well, of course, pre-COVID closure, but Elaine has actually made it down here to Florida since the parks have reopened, something that I personally, I don't know a lot of friends right now at this point that have actually made the trip down to Florida and get getting back into the theme parks. I know that's going to happen a lot more once Walt Disney World reopens, but right now, pretty much everyone I know who's been to Universal is a Florida local, and Elaine did travel down, as I just said, so I really wanted to uh, get her her perspective on what it was like to come to Universal Orlando right now uh, as an out-of-state visitor. So, because uh, I know it's it's much different than the experience of being an annual pass holder, a local, and just showing 
up to the parks. And so I hope uh, maybe this will be helpful to people out there right now who are on the fence about whether or not they want to travel to Orlando, you know, with with spiking coronavirus numbers and such. I know a lot of people are nervous, but uh, maybe maybe you'll hear something that Elaine has to say that will uh, make help make that decision for you. So I'm not going to waste any more time on this pre-talking about Elaine coming to Orlando. I'm just going to jump into the conversation with her right now. So, And before we get started with how she got here and what the experience was like, I think we have to start with the first question in all of this. And Elaine, why did you choose to come to Universal Orlando right now while, while coronavirus pandemic is still happening? Well, there's kind of multiple reasons why I decided to come down. And I think Probably a lot of people think I'm crazy for doing it, um, but there, there was multiple reasons. Um, the first one is, is we actually did have a Disney World vacation scheduled uh, for this June, and it got canceled, obviously. And so that kind of bummed us out a little bit. And the second thing was that, you know, we've been in the house for three months now, and my Kids have not left the house, and it was kind of starting to wear down on them that we kind of needed something to just break the monotony Mm -hmm. of looking at each other all day. Um, And I'd been watching the opening of Universal when they opened to the public on June 5th. I'd been watching just all of their safety measures and everything that they were doing within their reopening. they have several safety measures in place. I was really liking everything that I was seeing. Um, I talked to several people that worked at Universal and asked them questions about what they were doing and that kind of thing. And I really, really, really liked what I was seeing. I have many clients that are, are actually traveling to Universal this month and next month. And so I needed to get a lot of information to make sure that they were going to be safe on their travels. And I just really liked Everything that I was seeing coming out of Universal, I was very confident in it. Um, And then they reopened. And I saw that there was very, very low crowds. Mm -hmm. And I know that you and Rhino experienced during like the pass holder previews and that kind of thing that it was somewhat crowded on those days. But then once it reopened to the public, it just really dropped off. And it was very, very low crowds. I had a personal client and friend that happened to be there. Um, They arrived on June 7th, and it was just their pictures. It was empty. Um, Mm -hmm. There was just nobody there. And I thought, this is kind of a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be able to experience the parks very, very empty, especially when you're talking about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter areas, because those are always so crowded, especially because some of them are very tight, and they just feel crowded. So I thought, okay, this is a really great opportunity. And the main thing was that how can I expect my clients to feel safe traveling if I'm not willing to do it myself? You know, this was a big, big thing is that I need to experience it for myself. One, so that I can advise them properly, but two, so that I can say, look, it's great. You, you, I've experienced it. Everything is wonderful. Go ahead. Feel confident taking your trip. And I know that it is a very, very, very personal 
decision on whether you take, whether to travel right now or not travel right now. And so I'm hoping that this show will at least show you my accounts and my opinion and what I experienced, and hopefully it'll help you make that decision. I'm so, yeah. Very, very good. So that is all we need to know going into this now. So I, I've said multiple times that you are not from Florida. I don't remember if you said when you gave your introduction, because of course that's been five minutes and already <laughs> falls out of my my brain. I don't even know if you want to share that information. You don't have to. But basically, uh, with where you live, you are in the you're in the type of distance away that you could either technically drive it would be it would be a long drive or it would be a very long drive if we were to drive or we could fly we do typically fly when we come down to florida because i would go crazy if i had to drive for 16 hours um it's just not my idea of a great time on how i want to spend my vacation so we do choose to fly and that probably honestly that was very hard i know a lot of people that normally fly to their vacations are now considering driving this year. So they have a little bit more control and personal space as they travel. Um, we did go ahead and fly and I will say probably the flight was the biggest time that I honestly, that I felt uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, because the airline that I went on was completely full both down and coming back. They were not doing like the every other row thing or limiting capacity or anything like that. Um, so they were completely full flights. And while they handed out um, mask, uh, they did hand out or they had, let me rephrase that. They had available, if you asked them for it, a package that had a mask, gloves and wipes. So you could wipe down your tray tables and that kind of thing but they did not make anybody take it. And they also did not require that people wore masks on the flight. Um, my family chose to, but both, both down and back, the people in front of me were not wearing masks. So that's the only time that I felt a little kind of like, okay, I'm kind of nervous right now. It was the flights. Um, and then we did take Uber um, going from, Actually, I think it was actually Lyft both times now that I think about it, um, going from the airport to our Universal Hotel. And um, so we, we wore masks in the car and our driver wore masks both ways as well. Okay. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, I think a lot of people have that same fear with airlines. I know a lot of airlines are making masks mandatory now, which mm -hmm. is is a great thing. And, uh, but you always have to be prepared for people right. not following the rules with anything. So which hotel did you stay at? So we chose to stay at Cabana Bay this time. Nice. And there are several things that kind of factored into why we decided to stay there. I tend to lead more towards the premier hotels, which is Portofino, Hard Rock, and Royal Pacific, simply because you get that unlimited express pass for free included with your stay. And that holds so much value. Um, so I tend to really lean towards those hotels. However, because the crowds were so low, I decided that maybe we wouldn't actually need Express Pass. I'd been watching wait times. They had been very minimal. Most wait times had been under 30 minutes, if not 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. For most of the rides. So I decided, you know, maybe we don't need Express Pass. If we get there and it happens to be busy, we can always buy it on site. Um, I, the, 
the parks were also having very limited, um, they were having shorter hours. So the parks actually closed at six o'clock the week that we were there. Um, and just to back up, just so everyone kind of knows when we went. So the parks opened up to the public on June 5th. And then they had a week of opening, and then we arrived on June 12th. So we were there during their second full week of opening. And so because they were having limited hours and they were closing at 6 o'clock every night, I wanted to be able to go back to the hotel and have activities, entertainment, that kind of thing for the kids. And I felt like Cabana Bay was a good opportunity to do that because they have a great food court where they have the screen with the old commercials and and shows and that kind of thing playing in front of you. They have a bowling alley on site. They have a great, they actually have two great pools. They have a um, lazy river and we could walk to um, Volcano Bay. So I was leaning towards Cabana Bay. I left it up to my kids. I said, where do you want to stay? They said Cabana Bay as well. So that's where we went. And we're going to have to wait uh, a moment to uh, find out if you needed those express passes. I have a feeling the answer was not. But i that's the only thing I haven't done with Universal right now at this point. I haven't stayed at a hotel on site. I I'm not quite there yet. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do it soon. I'll I'll go for a night or two and really get the feeling of it. But how did you feel about the safety procedures that were were in place going to the Universal hotels? I know they're pretty uh, strict with the, you know, having to get your temperature checked when you go inside the hotel and you have your wristband that shows that you've been checked for the day. But and and then of course enhanced cleaning. Uh, procedures in the rooms and such, but how how did it all feel to you? Yeah, so when we arrived, we were immediately met by a security guard. Um, He was wearing a full shield face mask on, and he took our temperatures. It is a no-touch, just like temperature gun, and so he took our temperatures. We were okay to go, and he gave us all wristbands. The wristband is good for the whole day. So when you are leaving your hotel to go to the parks, you can stop by. They actually have security guards at different entrances. So they had one at the front door in the lobby. And then they had one as you were exiting to go to the bus stops. Mm -hmm. And they would check your temperature, give you the wristband. And then when you arrived to the CityWalk entrance, you could just flash your wristband and walk right on by. They are not doing cleaning inside the rooms while you are checked in. They, you can ask if you need any additional, like we needed additional shampoo. We were able to get that. If you need towels, you can get that. If you need trash service, you can call and ask for that, but they are not cleaning the rooms while you're inside them. And once they check, once you check out, that room is then left empty. They have said for 24 to 48 hours, and then it gets deep cleaned before they allow the next guest to check into that room. Um, and the remote was wrapped in a plastic bag as well. So so it, it felt safe overall, in your opinion. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I did not feel uncomfortable with the hotel. Even the check-in desk, they had the plexiglass in front of each of the team members. And the line to get to check-in was socially distanced with the markers on the floor as well. Very good. Very good. So I've uh, on this show, I've shared a lot about my experience in the parks, not just on that preview day, but 
since then going into the parks and I definitely experienced the the small crowds that that we've mentioned a couple times now at this point and that week I believe that was pretty much the uh that was the the same trend every single day. I know they got a little bit busy a day or two here and there, but for the most part it was it was pretty slow that week. So what was your experience like in the parks? Yes. Yeah, so when we went to the parks, um the great thing that I loved about it is that you didn't need a touring plan mm-hmm. at all. You know, when you go to Disney, it's you have to map out every second of your day, it seems like and that was not needed. And a lot of people, even when they go to Universal, they make a plan. It's like, okay, first we need to go to Kong, and then we need to go to Hagrid's, and then we need to go Rip Ride Rocket, and then, you know, we can save the slower things for later in the afternoon. It wasn't even needed. So we were actually able to, instead of crisscrossing the parks and going back and forth between Universal and Islands of Adventure, we were actually able to walk around, and when we came to an attraction, go on the attraction and then walk to the next one. It, it was amazing. Um, so we spent one day, the first day that we arrived, um, we spent that day in universal studios and we did everything we wanted to do minus the wizarding world. We decided to save that and we were going to do a whole Harry Potter day the (laughs) next day. So, um, it was, it was very, very, Everything was almost a walk-in on that day that we arrived. It was a Sunday afternoon. Um, and I know that, that that weekend had been of the 11th and the 12th. It had been kind of busy because they had lifted annual pass holder and season pass holder restrictions. Mm-hmm. So I think that weekend it got pretty busy with locals. Um, but by Sunday afternoon, it really wasn't busy at all. The rest of the week wasn't busy. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of getting a little bit confused about – the virtual line versus express pass and what that means. Um, So if you do have express pass, whether you've purchased it or whether it's provided to you for free from staying at one of those premier hotels we mentioned, that is still in effect and it is still just as it always was. So you have your express pass line and you have your standby line and they're two completely separate lines. So you still get to just breeze right through with that express pass. With the standby lines, from what they have told us, they that how this works is that they have socially distanced the line. There's markers on the floor in every line. Um, we even found out that if if your foot goes a little bit over the marker, they will scold you and say, "Get behind the marker." <laughs> so they they are holding to those those six foot distances, um, and so. What they've, what we have been told is that when that line fills, that's what activates the virtual line pass. Um, while we were there, the only virtual line passes that I ever saw active um, were Hagrid's, of course, because that one is only virtual line right now, and then Jimmy Fallon and Fast and Furious, and those were just you didn't even need the virtual line; you could just walk right on. Mm-hmm. I think they just had those active. Um, but I never in any of the time that we were there saw anything else activate a virtual line. Like I did that first, um, week of opening when they had like pass holder previews and that it was very busy and a lot more virtual lines were activated during that time. None of that happened. 
while we were there. Yeah, it was, I, I just say from my experience with it, I, I was wondering too how they were making that decision of switching mm-hmm. over because the main thing I was running into was like with Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey and and Escape from Gringotts, they kept having virtual line and it didn't seem necessary. There wasn't enough people to cause that big of a wait. So a lot of the team members out front of the attractions were then spending more time explaining to people like right now you need to actually go on and get a virtual uh, return time with a virtual line. And so you can do it. We have plenty, but you need to do that first before you can come in. And of course that sparked the confusion of, well, why can't I just come in if there's plenty available on the app right now? So I, I think that was when the first couple times that I was there, I think that was definitely still the work in progress of trying to figure it out a little bit better. But honestly, yeah, I feel like Hagrid's is the only thing that that needs to utilize it. But I know one day uh, recently it was even so, so slow in the morning that they were using Hagrid's with the virtual line or with the standby line. And I think I've only seen that once or twice since all yeah. of this. And so that that just shows how slow it can be. But that thank you for, for helping to clarify with virtual line and express, because I know sometimes Rhino and I forget to do those little basic things, especially with this, because it's, you know, it, we're so used to going that we kind of forget that stuff every now and then and but express is is great if you have it uh right now i believe that you don't need it unless you have it for staying at the premier hotels take advantage of it you don't need to buy it on your own though and the main thing that i saw when i was there was people were showing up to hagrid's asking of course can i use my express here because that's the one thing everyone wants to use it on and express does not work at hagrid's Mm -hmm. right now anyways everything else but not hagrid's so just Learn learn the systems, learn how to use a virtual line so you can get on Hagrid's and just take advantage of low weights for everything else. So, but yeah, going back to that, I'm assuming then you did not buy the express pass. You felt like you no. didn't need it. <laughs> yeah, there was no way we did not need it at all. And the, so in case you're unfamiliar on how to make a virtual line pass, you just open up that universal app and on the menu that it'll say virtual line. And then you hit the button to make a pass, and it tells you which which rides have it available. You click it. You tell you how many people you have on your party, and then you select the time that you want, and then it's done. It's available. You can hold up to two virtual passes at the same time as of right now. And as of right now, you do not actually have to enter in your tickets into the app. So there is some people that are kind of working the system, but um that's as it is right now and i i still i think the virtual line is still a work in progress yeah i think they're still kind of working out the kinks with that and trying to figure out how they're gonna use that going forward yeah um virtual so, line yeah. It, it's it, that's just it's been this you know they they wanted it obviously for volcano bay and built that entire system for it and then it was kind of a disaster with how it worked at volcano bay and then they poured it over to the theme parks and 
tested on Despicable Me and Shrek, I think, were the first two they did. And Despicable Me was a great test because they're like, wow, it works perfectly. We'll start doing this for all our attractions moving forward. And so the next two they implemented it on was Fast and Furious as well as Race to New York starring Jimmy Fallon, which, of course, you don't really need because no one cares about those attractions for the most part. So it, it I feel like they have finally figured out Virtual Line now as as this entire thing has progressed because uh it, they finally have been challenged with it where they hadn't really before except with the disaster that it was over at Volcano Bay but uh yeah it's uh it, it's still con- going to continue to change uh, everyone who watches and listens know that we Rhino and I have pointed out the loophole a lot of times <laughs> on it because it's it's something that I don't blame anyone for using it but like on a busy day when you have eight people in your group and all eight of them are saying we have eight people trying to go on Hagrid's and you have all those people now getting to ride eight times. That's just pure insanity. But you know what? (laughs) Until Universal closes it down, it's it's on guests to make their own moral decisions with that. But uh, I'm sorry for interrupting you there. What? Tell me more about your experience. So we um, and and I would recommend that you, like I said, we decided that the second day was going to be our Harry Potter day. We were going to do all the Harry Potter things, and that's how we were going to spend the whole day. And so the very first thing we did was, of course, try to get a virtual line pass for Hagrid's. And it really took a while. It took some finagling. I was trying. My son was trying. Um, we did end up getting, I think I got one, and he wasn't able to get one. Um, so I had one for the four of us and it went down and it was down and it came back and it went down and the whole thing, it ended up just being down. And then I was able to get another one and it went down again. <laughs> and what I didn't know that I didn't even discover until the end of the day is that if, when it went down, it actually provides you with an anytime virtual pass that's available for it says any ride, but then it has a couple of dis- um, exceptions that you can't use it on that. You can't use it on Gringotts. I don't think you can even use it on the Hogwarts Express. Mm-hmm. Um, so it got to the end of the day, and we had, still hadn't wrote it, and we've been trying all day. And I went and I talked to a team member at the front of the line. I said, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do because I've got this, this anytime pass. But I can't make another virtual line pass until I use this anytime pass. So it was kind of locking me out of the system. Um, and he and I and he and I said, and I can't use this anytime pass to ride Hagrid's. And he told me that I could use the anytime pass to ride Hagrid's. That they are allowing that right now, even though it says on the express pass you can't use it. They are allowing you to use it to ride Hagrid's. So I don't know how long that will last. That was just my experience and what he told me. We ended up not being able to ride it that day um, at all. So, and I, and I think they're still having enough breakdowns on this ride that you definitely want to try as early in the day to get an express pass and as early in your trip so that if you have to follow up and try again the next day and the next day that eventually you will get on the ride we did eventually get on, and uh, it broke down while we were in line. We ended up sitting on the ground in line, like even very, we were inside the building, and we were very deep inside the building. 
um, for probably about an hour and a half um, sitting there. And it did eventually come back up and we did eventually get to ride it. So thank goodness, because it's amazing, of course. Um, so let's talk about masks. Yeah. So I was very nervous because it's Florida and it's hot. Um, I, I am one that anytime I go to the store, I've got my mask on. Um, I follow the rules and that kind of thing. And, but I was trying to figure out, okay, what's going to be the best mask to wear on this vacation? And I was almost convinced that I was going to wear the cooling neck gaiters Mm -hmm. and that we were going to do that. But then I kind of started getting worried about, okay, if they're wet and they're hot and they're like dragging on your face and that kind of thing. So I changed my mind. And at the last minute I went with the paper disposable masks Mm -hmm. um, because I had talked to a lot of people, um, especially a few that had lived in Florida and they said that this was the best option. Um, so I got these at Target. It was a package of like 20. I ended up just buying several boxes and bringing them with me. And each day I just put a bag of these in my backpack because I could hand them all out. And if they got wet or they got dirty or if they got yucky, they could be thrown away. If we lost them on a ride, they didn't matter. Nobody was mad. Um, and these even have the like nose bendies in them. So they're very nice. Um, and they worked out fantastic for us. I was especially worried because my kids, they complain about everything. And I'm like, they're going to be complaining about wearing a mask the whole time. And they did not complain one time. And I was very surprised by that. But they did not once say anything. They didn't complain when I said, here, put this on. Never once talked back about it. Nothing. Um, my middle child, who is 12, he has some sensory issues, especially a lot with like clothing and that kind of thing. And I thought, oh, he's never going to wear this. And he never once complained. So I think if you let your kids know that we're going here, this is the rule. This is what we're going to do. Like we can wear the mask and go to the park or we can stay home. Like. Yeah. This is your choices. And I think my kids understood that. Um, So they went along with it and they never complained. You do have to wear them at all times um, that you are in public spaces. So if you're walking around your hotel, you need to have it on. If you're walking around City Walk, you need to have it on. If you're in the parks, you have it on. If you're on the rides, you have it on. If you're on a ride that you get wet, um, then they do allow you to take it off during that time. And while you're at Volcano Bay, They want you to wear it while you're coming in and wear it while you're going out, but you do not have to wear it while you are in any of the rides or any of the pools at Volcano Bay. So that's the masks. So did you go to Volcano Bay? I mean, I'm assuming you did because you picked Cabana Bay because of it being right beside of it. Yes. So we went to Volcano Bay and we actually uh, spent a whole day there and we did not use the Tapu Tapu one time. Good. <laughs> so that tells you how little the crowds were that we did not one time have to use the Tapu Tapu, which is your virtual line pass for Volcano Bay. 
Um, several, it's a, it looks kind of like a rubber wristwatch. They give one to everybody when you come in the door. And if you decide you want to go on a slide, you tap that. And when it's your turn to ride, then that gives you a little vibration, jiggle, jiggle. And it says ride now. Um, it also keeps track and it tells you how long your countdown is, that kind of thing. But every single slide was ride now. So we did not use it at all um we did rent a cabana while we were there and because we had never done that before and i felt like this was a great opportunity one to be able to do it and two it kind of gave us that private space yeah, so we had our own private space away from anybody else um we were able to eat our lunch there they provide you with a lovely fruit basket they, we were able to order lunch. They went and got it. They brought it to us. They provide towels, bottled water, refrigerator. There's a safe there. Um, it's shaded. It has a fan. Like, it was fantastic. I do not regret that decision at all. <laughs> that, that's something I didn't even think about, that a cabana would be a perfect thing right now for people who might still want to try out Volcano Bay but are worried about the the idea of everyone walking around without wearing masks because that that is the reality. I know I know they even say like you you should wear them going back and forth between slides, but no one is following that at all. That's just the reality of it. But with a cabana, at least if if you want to sit out and and still have that extra beach experience, at least you can do so in a in a much more private area. So that's a that's a good good thought with that. Yeah. But, uh, talk to me about dining while you were there. Did I mean you had to eat there because you were actually, you don't have the luxury of being a local and just saying okay I'll I'll stop at McDonald's on the way home or something. Yeah. But uh, what how did you feel about their protocols with with the with the dining at Universal? Yeah. So we had to eat, and as I said, I have three boys, and they eat a lot. So there's no getting by on popcorn it is we must have three meals a day and snacks in between every meal so it's whoo so <laughs> the verbiage that universal is putting out is that all restaurants are open and that's what we keep getting from our sales representatives that kind of thing um but there's some asterisks with that that a lot of the snack stands and bakeries and that kind of thing, they were not open. So while the restaurants were maybe open, not all of the locations to buy food are open. Mm -hmm. um, they are reducing capacity in the restaurants. And so Mobile ordering and our experience with quick service mobile ordering was probably the worst part of the vacation, honestly, because especially so there was two quick service locations that were inside of the parks that we they won't let you actually complete your mobile order or they won't start processing it and cooking it until you're seated at a table. Mm -hmm. They've removed the tables or they have marked them off so nobody can sit there um, in many tables. So they've reduced the capacity 
And then they've social distanced out the line on the tables. So there was one instance where we were coming in for lunch and it was going to be a, I think we waited in line over an hour just to get into the restaurant to sit at a table so that we could process our mortal order. And then we waited probably another 45 minutes to get our food. And this happened multiple times. So honestly, to get around that, you just have to try to eat at not peak times. So if you're going to eat lunch, you really need to like 10, 30, 11 o'clock or wait till like two o'clock. But trying to eat in that 12 o'clock, one o'clock hour, it's very, very hard um, to get in there at any reasonable amount of time, even with mobile ordering, because they're not going to process you till you're sitting down and you have to wait in line, that kind of thing. Um, with the sit-down restaurant, there's also there's no character dining going on right now. Um, so that's not anything that they're doing right now. Um, we did go to a sit-down at Hard Rock. That was my kid's request. So I did actually make a reservation using the Open Table app. Pretty much had my like anytime we wanted to, I actually, it was funny. I actually made reservations and then we didn't go the first night. So I made reservations the second night. We didn't go that night. I made reservations the third night. We finally went, (laughs) (coughs) excuse me. So it, it really, it wasn't a problem at this time to get reservations, um, there. So we went in, um, we had masks while we were in line. They gave us hand sanitizer. Oh, that's something I didn't even talk about. Before you get on every ride, you they will give you hand sanitizer every single ride. And then it's available when you get off as well. But sometimes you got to kind of look yeah. for it. And then each of the rides, they are spacing everybody out. So it's one blank row in between you and the next family and that kind of thing. So back to that. Okay. So um, they gave us hand sanitizer. They had every other table available at Hard Rock. Um, we sat down, they provided a, each of us with a baggie, our own individual baggie to take our masks off and put them inside the baggie. Um, and then it was per normal. It was very fast. They, we did not have to wait very long. They, um, the drinks, they brought out a fresh drink and a fresh cup every time they didn't do any refilling or anything like that. Um, and that was pretty much it. Other than that, it was, it was very normal. They did have people running around in like, I can't even, they had some kind of slogan on their shirt that they were the cleaning squad of some kind of something, something. I can't remember what it was, but it was some clever something on their shirt. And they were, they were cleaning the tables very thorough and, and they had like one way in and one way out to their, um, you know, all of their stations and that kind of thing. So it was good. That was a good experience. Um, like I said, it's just the mobile ordering's kind of hard, and there's not a lot of snack stands open or anything like that. So, so mobile <laughs> ordering is the worst right now, and I think based on how you talked about the crowd levels during your experience there, I'd kind of get the idea that your favorite thing right now about visiting Universal was the crowd levels. But was there any other things that stuck out to you? Is is really great right now during this time? Um, you know, that was the big thing was the crowd levels is what really made the trip. Um, and one of the things that 
we want to touch on a little bit is shopping. Um, it's, and the best part was going through the wand experience at Ollivander's because the way that they're doing this is they have it. We did it in uh, Hogsmeade. And so you had to go back around to the very back and they had a, a team member there and they would take your name and how many people are in your party and they would give you a time. So you had an appointment that you didn't have to make in advance. You just went there and you made it. They said, come back at this time. So we went back and it's only you and your group in the room, which is kind of awesome because you know, your kid is going to get picked. <laughs> So it's not you and 10 other families and your kid doesn't get picked and then they're upset and it's like, I don't know you think. It's you know your kid is going to pick. And they even asked at the time you make the appointment, they said, who's going to do it? So I could say, Riley's going to do it. And they would put his name on the appointment and that kind of thing. So then when we went in, they were, they were calling him by name and yeah. leading him in. And it was a fantastic experience, as it always is. His wand that he ended up with is so crazy looking. Like, that's the one that he ended up with. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so crazy looking. Um, and we did the whole, like, experiences with the interactive stations, which was great because nobody else was there. So you weren't watching five kids in front of you do the same magical spell, spell. Over and you could over. just walk up and do it that kind of thing um the the bad part about the shopping was that there was a lot of shops especially in the wizarding world that were not open yeah. um because they said that the spaces were just too small um and of course they, i'm sure they've reduced employees and that kind of thing that they there was a lot of shops that were not open the shops that were open they would kind of, they would have a line outside and they would kind of take you in one person at a time. You would have somebody with you and they would say, okay, what are you wanting? And they would take you there and you kind of had a personal shopper with you. Um, one thing that one that I was particularly disappointed about was they have a travel agent shop in the wizarding world, yeah. the Globus Monday shop. And I was prepared to go in there and buy all of the things, but it was closed. However, the sign on the door said that, and they did this for each of the shops that were closed down. They would have a sign on the door and they say, inquire within, and they would have a different shop named. So I went to the shop that this one had on the door and I said, look, I want something out of there. They said, okay, tell us exactly what you want. And they went and they got it and I was able to purchase it. Oh, that's which awesome. Was Awesome. Yeah. You have to know exactly what you want though. So you couldn't, they wouldn't take you in there or anything like that. Um, so I was able to get my trap, my magical travel agent shirt. And I was able to get an amazing sweatshirt. That's like super comfortable and that kind of thing. Um, so I'm now a magical travel agent. Yeah. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I didn't, I haven't had anyone tell me that, they were able to do that in the wizarding world. So, and I didn't pay enough attention to the signs, honestly. So yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. So each, each of the shops that are closed will say inquire within this shop. And, you know, I wouldn't have asked if they were busy or that kind of thing, but it's kind of like we went in there where the owns there. I said, so is there any way to get stuff out? And they said, tell us exactly what you want and we'll go get it for you. And it was great. Yeah. I'm again, 
you like you said, you do have to know what you want, but if you have that, that's definitely a way to make your vacation extra magical right now. So with everything else happening, the fact that they're they're going into shops that are closed and helping out their guests, that's that's uh that's really taking it to the next level. But uh, yeah. Is there anything else you had to share? Anything that you, your clients need to know? Yeah. So one important thing to know is about photos. So um, they will no longer, you know, we do this at Universal and at Disney. We go up to photo opportunities. You might hand the team member your phone. You get your family photo taken, that kind of thing. They're not going to do that during this time because, again, that's just – cross germs. So if you want those family photos, you have to buy their photo package. Um, or it's going to be a situation where like me, all of our photos are either photos of my kids or photos of me. There's none of us with the four of us together, um, because we did not purchase the photo package. And so somebody had to take those photos. So that's something to think about. (coughs) If that's important to you, you want to purchase those photos. We were told during our universal reopening training that they would have company phones that they could take pictures and then airdrop them to you. I never saw anybody that was doing that. Nobody ever offered me that. So I would just go with the photo package if that's what you're wanting to do. Cause I never saw any proof that was actually happening. Um, yeah. So to kind of wrap it all up, I asked my kids like, what did you think about this experience and how, you know, was this a horrible vacation? Like, what do you think about this? And honestly, they're like, this is no big deal. This is really, this is no big deal. I said, did wearing a mask ruin your vacation? No, it's, it's, it's no big deal. Um, you know, I asked my 18 year old son, I said, what did you think? And he's like, this was really cool because he said it was a once in a lifetime opportunity because Visiting a theme park during a global pandemic, one, is going to give you so many memories. Two, there's nobody there. So it was awesome for us. In my mind, this was a complete success. I do not regret doing it. Um, Like I said at the beginning, it's a completely personal decision for you and what you feel comfortable with. Um, But for me, this was the right thing for us at this time. So I'm happy to hear that. And so if anyone else out there wants to go to Universal right now, they want to book a vacation. Of course, we recommend using dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. I believe Elaine would definitely hope that people would use that. And if you want to book a Universal vacation or any Disney vacation that Elaine can book, Elaine, how can how can anyone get in touch with you to do so? The easiest way is just email me directly. It is Elaine, E-L-A-I-N-E, at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Excellent. Well, Elaine, thank you so much once again for taking the time to sit down and chat with me about your experience at Universal. I really appreciate it. And I know this will be the first of uh, many times I'm sure that we'll have you on again in the future. (laughs) Awesome. 
I believe that wraps us up for this episode. So I want to say thank you again to Elaine, even though she's not here anymore, and say thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. And of course, if you have any extra information that you might need, especially in terms of the booking process right now, Elaine will be able to help you with that if you just reach out to her, Elaine at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. But if you need any more information about this show, of course, you can always go to disunplug.com. That's the home of the show notes page for this show and all the others on the Diz Unplugged podcast network. You can get links to everything you need there, including our social media pages and more. If you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube and hit that bell button so you get notified when we have no new videos, not no videos, new videos, and then hit the thumbs up and leave us comments and questions down below. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, please subscribe if you can and then leave us uh, positive ratings and reviews where possible. So thank you so much, everyone out there once again for listening and watching. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week with another episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. But until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. 